What's up, everyone? Welcome to our review of The Mandalorian, Episode 4. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. Uh, and just a spoiler warning for everyone, it's going to be that kind of content, spoiler content. Uh, so this is your friendly warning to get out of here, go away. So if you want to remain spoiler-free about the episode, as our review, we'll get into all those details. So John, tell me a little bit about the episode. Yeah, so uh, you could definitely tell that this this whole episode was heavily influenced by movies like Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven, that very classic hero tale from, uh, or basically where a hero goes into this isolated town, cut off from society. He he's just looking for uh, some seclusion, some like basically just a getaway. Uh, maybe he's got people chasing him. And uh, the town suddenly comes under this attack from an outside threat that they can't handle themselves. They're just not equipped to deal with the kind of uh, uh, the level of threat that 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 uh, entity brings in. And it's only because of the hero that they're able to get through it and fight off uh, these new things. So it it was definitely a rehash of a very well-known tale. Um, And in that respect, it was kind of... uh, I, I didn't really expect it from something that had just come off of such a strong episode. Um, I, I did enjoy the story itself, but I was definitely looking for maybe a little bit more um, just out of the, the, the midway point of the series. Yeah, I would agree. I expected more of a more compelling episode for the story. This mm-hmm. kind of felt like a filler episode for me. Uh, I, I do admit, like, as far as the the battle, the way it's shot was really cool. Uh, being shot at night, which is difficult, also really cool. And I do love that they did fight against, against an ATSD. However, it just, with the whole conflict just coming into there, I, I just didn't see it as propelling the idea of Baby Yoda. But we did get some nice exposition about Mandalorian culture, which was cool. So, uh, overall, with the summary of the plot, I just... It didn't grab me like episode three, and I agree with you that after after such a cool ending to the last one, it this kind of felt like a, not a letdown, but kind of a taking a different tone and turn. Yeah, and we were kind of talking about this before we, we started here, but I, I do hope that they use a lot of uh, themes and uh, exposition from this episode in later episodes. Um, so maybe something, for, maybe... Um, uh, Omera, uh, the woman that he was talking with in the encampments, maybe she comes back in and, and uh, is kept taken captive, uh, is something that he has to go rescue. Uh, maybe Cara Dune's going to come in and play a, a larger role in the series later down the road. I mean, I hope that we get bigger payoffs from, from this type of episode. Yeah, and I don't think we'll see the local populace. I don't think we'll see the Clatoonians anymore but i did really like the introduction with the new characters with omera cara dune and that populace i really did love cara dune's character and knowing that she was a former shock trooper of the of the The rebellion Rebellion. yeah and she was like her her character her the way she presented herself it was I, i i really enjoyed her her reflection of the mandalorian where she doesn't need a helmet or anything like that um, we just got to see a pretty badass character do what she does best. Yeah, it seemed like the way that she held herself and and uh, just her as a character seemed to cl- uh, mesh very well with the Mandalorian and uh, what he brought to the table. Yeah, and the Omer character uh, I was fine with, but I wasn't really I wasn't really uh, 
intrigued by this slight romance option. It felt like if you're like playing a video game, it's like you have this romance option. Would you like <laughs> to talk to them this way? It's just like I, I wasn't too much into it. Uh, I do. I know this is a theme. And some of these uh, of these movies that play that where the outsider comes in and there's this widow, you know, I've seen it in um, The Last Samurai. But usually there's a reluctance at first when they make it to the community. This, she was just open arms like, yeah, you know, you're going to help us so much. You know, you want to take off that helmet and show me more of that pretty face, big boy. You know, <laughs> it just it didn't it just felt not uh, it didn't feel very like real. It, well, it, it felt very much, you know, forced. Well, it felt like they took what could have been an entire movie uh, worth of plot and just condensed it down into about 40 minutes. Because, uh, I mean, like I said, like we've, we've, we've seen plenty of movies where this type of story plays out. And even like the training montage felt super uh, condensed. You're right. Yeah. The, the romance developments felt super condensed. Uh, the meeting of Cardoon. Uh, he just he noticed her out of an entire crowd of people and didn't there wasn't any like reluctancy to start trying to figure out who she was it was just immediate she's a threat i need to find her where'd she go oh here she is um it just like i said it it felt it felt like they took it felt like it should have been an entire feature-length movie and it ended up being about 40 minutes worth of exposition and it it just felt so condensed and sped up and i understand the stakes of it all but at the same time it felt forced in a way we're very in agreement with that with the Omer character, I felt like you could still have the romance option. If you started it now and then there was a payoff later in the series, that would be better. It would be better developed that long. I mean, that's why you have a TV show anyways is because you can develop characters better than in a movie. Mm-hmm. So I think that was that was a missed opportunity. But anyways, this episode was directed by the Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, she's got a lot. She she does a lot of stuff. You know, when I saw that she directed it, I was just like, oh, I was surprised. And I I think you were skeptical. Uh, and I thought as an episode, uh, the way it was directed, I thought the direction was fine. I had no I had no major gripes with it. You know, it's not like she wrote the episode or did any of that stuff. So I thought she did a, did a pretty good job of getting the right shots. Yeah, the action scenes were all great. Like you said, the directing at night uh, felt real. It didn't feel... It felt... Honestly, it felt a little bit better than what they did in Game of Thrones at that uh, middle-of-the-night kind of fight scene. Oh, Lord, Uh, yeah. um, Where, yeah, like, you knew where everything was. Uh, You were very aware of the action, of the stakes. Uh, Nothing took you really by surprise uh, or just came out of nowhere. Yeah, and and along with Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Pedro Pascal with his role with the mask or the the helmet on, uh, he also uh, did a great job. I really enjoyed his performance, talking and giving exposition, really giving one note answers to this lady. She's like, can or the like the kid being like, can I feed him? And he's like, sure. Yeah, and it's just it, he still, despite being in the co- com- com- the community. Ugh, can't speak he still acts the way he is he doesn't relax and even Cara Dune's character calls him on his on his bs like why don't you why don't you hang out why don't you relax you know take off that helmet is it really a big deal and, and he still clings on to his religion mm-hmm. so i i really love how they make his character 
maintain it. He doesn't really have a change in his arc here, except that he wants Baby Yoda to have a wonderful life. So I think Pedro Pascal does a fantastic fantastic job acting in this and keeps true to the character. So good writing on that. Yeah, and especially with the uh, the romance connection they were trying to develop, it, it could have been, especially for somebody who can't show any facial emotions or uh, any kind of nuance in that regard, uh, for him to be able to give the performance just with his voice and hardly even moving his whole body, uh, I felt like it was very compelling. It was very relatable. Like you knew exactly what he was trying to say. Uh, and I was, I mean, I continue to be impressed with his performance in this series. It was very interesting that ending um, with the bounty hunter who yes. is going to snipe Baby Yoda. This part, you know, I've seen some people complain about it, but online, but I, I'm more on the side of I really liked it. Because it was something I wasn't expecting. Uh, that there would be someone to try and be a sniper. And I liked Cara Dune's character saving the day at the end. I really did enjoy that. It was just a very vulnerable moment for the Mandalorian. And we don't really get to see that a lot. And see how he fought it. And how I was like, get down or everyone get out of the way. You know, after the shot was taken. No one got hurt except for the bounty hunter. But uh, it was just a nice way to bring him back to reality i did enjoy that aspect of of it but um it was one of those weird things where i'm thinking doesn't everyone didn't we already explain this in the last episode that there's a tracker on baby yoda yeah it was definitely a, a plot device plot device to get the story moving back in the direction it needed to because otherwise he would have just left uh left the child there on the planet he would have just gone off on his own and i mean if he had left a day or two earlier then that kid would have been dead and he would never have even known about it. Yeah, very much, very definitely. There's nothing he could help about that, which is unfortunate. So overall, as a, as the episode, it kind of feels like we said earlier that it's filler really wish it could have been more connected to the journey. What did you think about the episode itself as a standalone? I mean, as a standalone, okay. So if this had shown before episode three, I feel like I would have been more impressed with it. Um, but now that we know the stakes, we know the degree to which he's being hunted, I almost would have been more uh, happy with the episode if at the end it w wasn't just one bounty hunter that came in. If maybe we got introduced uh, to uh, uh, the moth that was going to be, I think, could be introduced Moff in the next couple Gideon. of episodes. Moff Gideon, thank you. Yeah, so if we had been introduced to Moff Gideon at the very end and he was the one behind uh, more of the bounty hunters or if we had seen the stakes being raised in a, in a much more severe way i feel like it would have tied in better but it just it felt like after such a large um well, such a large battle after such large stakes from the last episode the whole episode toned down quite a bit and it's going to be interesting to see how they progress from this point forward yeah it should have been it should have been real nice to be have that marvel moment where it's like i'll do it myself when thanos <laughs> gets the the infinity gauntlet it kind yeah. of felt like to feel like that with moff gideon would have been really cool uh and really an element to grab the audience back and be like all right we're you know we had fun with this little filler episode now we're getting back to the things at hand that would have been a really nice a nice switch of pace but i will say um about this standalone episode i really loved the way it was shot i really loved the element i love how we're on a different planet right now that felt great to be away from the de these desert planets the the rocky 
you know, kind of dirt looking planet that uh, the Mando with the Bounty Hunters Guild and away from where the Ugnaught was with the Sandcrawler. This felt, uh, uh, this felt more Star Wars where George Lucas says, we need to go to new places and stuff. I really loved that. And that they were doing krill fishing, but they had uh, the R2 units in the background. It's like a village that's just backwater I and doesn't have a lot of stuff. Things are made with wicker baskets. I just, I just very much enjoyed this aesthetic to that degree of of the how big this galaxy is. Uh, yeah, how some, uh, some great world building. Different. I enjoyed I enjoyed that part of it very much. The setting was great. Definitely. Um, yeah. The other uh, major takeaway I've had from it is, and we've mentioned this a little bit, but the um, the religious aspect of the Mandalorian culture that they're they're trying to introduce in this, which to me it seemed like they were confirming that Pedro Pascal is not playing an actual Mandalorian, that he was just taken under uh, by a Mandalorian uh, clan, and. Uh, with the flashbacks that we've we've continued to see, it doesn't seem like it's any kind of uh, Mandalorian society, at least from what we've been able to see so far. And then compared to the the Mandalorians we've seen in other Star Wars content, like Rebels, like the Clone Wars, where we've seen them take their helmets off without any kind of repercussions, it seems like this may be more of a religious extremist kind of clan, like an offshoot of the Mandalorians. Uh, so in that way, it's it's kind of interesting to see how even within one type of culture, there's all these different offshoots uh, that you may be uh, introduced to in various ways. Yeah, I do hope they do more explanation on that because it does kind of mess with the consistency. And that's a big problem that Star Wars has is consistency among among its stories, like with the extended universe or the EU or anything like that. Or what do they call it? Legends. Yeah. Also, just in general, like the, you know, with what Ryan Johnson did, he wanted to do something new. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't line up. And it would be nice for them to explain that. Exactly what you said. I think that would be a great idea. But we'll see if that actually gets uh, ad- adopted into into the storyline. Because it is a it does take you away from it. It's like, well, why do why do only a few Mandalorians do it? What's special about Pedro Pascal? Is he just trying to be cool? Is he making it up? It'd be funny if he was making it up, but they won't do that. Yeah, ge- generally, that is, I feel like, a big problem when you go to between the video games between the books comics and movies that's the one thing about star wars that really does make me excited like with the knights of the old republic and that story but sometimes it just completely doesn't line up and you cock your head like but why it it could be it could be better but you know this is just this is easy especially with dave filoni being on the project i don't get how that happens but you know Maybe maybe you're right, and that would be a really cool explanation, i got to admit. Like I said, more payoffs. This is a big series. You know, they could explain more stuff down the line that makes sense. So there is still hope. There's always hope. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm very curious to see, especially how the following episodes continue to escalate. I mean, they still haven't introduced half the characters that they've been teasing from the beginning. It seems like... It's not going to be necessarily completely paid off in season one, but that, especially because they're already developed in season two, that uh, things that will be introduced to in probably this more of an expositional season will continue to be delved into in season two. And I mean, it's definitely raising a lot of questions for me and I'm, it's, it has my curiosity. It does. Yeah. I'm still going to watch it. I, I'll, 
it's just hasn't this last episode at the way it ended didn't grab me as much as the rest we're back where we began with episode three so kind of a detour except for getting to meet cara dune who who was cool oh yeah. and maybe we're getting introduced to the sickest thing in the episode the atsd i don't know the atsd was kind of cool the way they painted it and stuff but as far as the atsd being in the episode they'd be like oh my gosh i've seen it take out platoons and these backwater people take it out eh it felt very in reality it felt very downplayed when they fought it yeah i mean it seemed like a comparable threat to what they were able to to handle i mean it it was definitely something that they could overcome obviously but uh, not so great that it was just going to come in and be like an ex machina and just wipe out that whole civilization. And I mean, I'm sure we'll see greater threats as the series goes on. What I do hope is that we get more ATSDs down the line so that, you know, it's not like about like, oh, one, T- one ATSD is really, really that dangerous. Because in all honestly, we've seen Ewoks take down ATSDs. So. Unless they get like four or five of them bad boys up in uh, future episodes, uh, you know, this one was kind of lame. Yeah, they definitely had to consider their environment they were in and, and that they weren't able to just, you know, pull the um, Luke Skywalker move and just ra- wrap rope around its legs and knock yeah. it over. Um, they were definitely utilizing their environment to the best that they could. And uh, I mean, yeah, even just one more ATST would have probably incapacitated everybody. Yeah, that would that would be cool if there was more than one. And uh, I had a friend send me a picture of like the toys, the merchandise, and there was there was an ATST uh, little like toy, and it looks like one of the legs was red, or both the legs were red, and I was. It, and I, in my head, I was expecting like a C-3PO moment. Like, <laughs> oh, I bet you didn't notice this ATSD because its legs were red. But I digress. So do you have any more thoughts on the episode to close out? No. I mean, I'm, I think I'm pretty well content with what we got uh, and definitely curious to see how it's going to continue from here. Yeah, I, I'm content with this episode. Uh, the story didn't really move, which I'm a little disappointed since it's a television series and not like a giant show, like a, like a filler episodes and all that stuff kind of felt a little out of place, but overall I was, I was content with this episode and I think Bryce Dallas Howard did a good job with the cinematography and directing it. So, all right, everyone, that is our review of the Mandalorian episode four. tune in next week where we do episode five and then also please check out our podcast that we do every week and we will see you next time